0: Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another
1: Sermon from First Press.
2: Friends, God's mercies are new every single morning, so we have nothing to fear in acknowledging our
1: shortcomings. Please join me in the unison prayer of confession printed in your bulletins. God who is with us everywhere and always, forgive us when we fail to respond to your call with faith. Heal us when we are shackled by our narrow understandings of discipleship and our clouded sense of purpose. Reassure us when we are frightened of the future Pull back from the hands of your palm. Forgive us when we fail to sense your presence in our past,
2: to acknowledge your grace in the present moment, and trust you for our future. Through your spirit, we offer
1: ourselves to you. Touch us now with your spirit, Lord. Touch us now with your spirit. Amen. Let the light of God's eternal love flood into your hearts this day. Feel the healing presence of God in your lives. This is the gift freely given for you by Jesus Christ, God's risen Son, our Lord. Alleluia. Amen. Please bow bow your heads in prayer. Living God, help us so that you hear the word that we may truly understand that understanding we may believe and believing. We may follow your way in all faithfulness, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Amen. This is a reading from Acts. During the night Paul had a vision, there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On Sabbath day, we went outside to the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer and sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira, and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Our former pastor Doug Brower visited First Pres last week. Returning to Michigan after forty years of ministry in other places, he reflected on the experience of coming home. No matter where God called him, Doug found solace in what we and he already knew that his true home is in Christ. Today, we ponder another angle of our life experience, leaving home. These two experiences are universal, our stories of coming home and leaving home as unique as we are. In the last year, I returned to my childhood home twice to bury each of my parents. And I left home, too, as my siblings returned to their homes in different states, and our family home was sold. Some of you know this feeling. All of you know what you consider home. Most of you consider this your church home, a home that has endured leavings and comings over the last two years. Given our life reality and given our church reality just now, I find the 14th chapter of John and this topic of leaving and returning home particularly appropriate for today, and I thank the lectionary gods for giving it to us. (laughs) So let us hear the word of the Lord now from the Gospel of John. Jesus is speaking. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. You have heard me tell you I am going away and returning to you. If you loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. Rather, he comes so that the world will know that I love the Father. (coughs) And do just as the Father has commanded me. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Leaving home, we leave what's been described as the pleasure of the familiar. Most of us can vividly remember the first time we truly left the familiarity of the home we grew up in, not just for summer camp, but for a life transition like college or military service. Leaving home, we embrace the fear of the unknown and encounter the uncertainty of the future. And yet it's also been said that we have to leave home in order to find home. And I suppose when we are young, that is true. But it's not just the physical home that we emancipate from around the age of 18, there are all kinds of leaving home that we do in our lives of leaving familiarity. We leave jobs that once felt like the place we belonged, long-term relationships that are no longer life-giving, neighborhoods and towns in which we were known and loved. We leave political parties with an ideology that, has, that we've outgrown or, or with policies that we've reconsidered. People leave their church homes. We move away or we choose to leave because something or someone has left us hurt or disappointed or outraged or, or uninspired. Some leave faith altogether, at least for a time. A few former Catholics among us have spoken eloquently with me about that leaving and finding a new home in the Presbyterian pews. All of us eventually leave our body and our being. As one privileged to spend time with those who are dying, I've listened to the saints share the mingling of their great hope for the resurrection to eternal life, with the intense pain of departing from people they have loved and shaped, those who made them who they are, particularly as they sense their departure growing near. When I say leaving home, what comes to mind for you? My son, Charlie, who was baptized in that font in 2001, graduates from high school next Sunday. And he's feeling acutely just now all that uncertainty that comes with leaving home as his remaining time in our safe and familiar abode on Greenview Drive rapidly disappears. He spent 18 years in a place filled on Friday nights with friends he's played soccer with since preschool. A pantry full of snacks and all manner of creature comforts perfectly provided He is leaving home for an austere dorm room at college, a place that is full of strangers just now, days of doing his own laundry, the tyranny of term papers, and the reality of ramen noodles. He and all of our seniors who will be recognized next Sunday are each experiencing what we have felt at one time or another, the anxiety, perhaps the agony of leaving home. There is anticipation, of course, and excitement, but it is wedded to that knowledge that nothing will ever be the same again. Change is coming. You and I offer these seniors solidarity and support and the benefit of perspective. If we didn't leave home, we wouldn't be here right now, hopefully at home in who we are, surely still struggling with a few of the choices we made that got us here today while feeling gratitude for the ones that have left us with peace. We had to leave home to find home. Maybe some of us are still doing that. So I thought about what I could say to Charlie and these seniors and anyone who is soon to be leaving home. I could promise Charlie that there will be some newness that he prefers to the familiar he leaves behind. I could quote Garrison Keillor, who said that leaving home is a kind of forgiveness. And when you get among strangers, you're amazed at how decent they seem. Nobody smirks at you or gossips about you. Nobody resents your successes or relishes your defeats. You get to start over, he said, a a sort of redemption. Keillor knows whereof he speaks. Having left home when he left a prairie home companion in the spring of 87 with a farewell broadcast, He moved to Copenhagen and then New York and tried to write his memoir, tried again, and had a tumultuous year. Finally, he returned home to his show, his fans, his community, grateful for a second chance. Ironically, he could use a third one just about now. I tell Charlie then that leaving home doesn't mean we never return home. It means when we come home, we're changed. So too is home changed. Doug Brower articulated that so well for us last week. Charlie knows that home will change in part because of his absence, in part because our presence misses him, and in part because we never stop changing, do we? Even if he isn't there to see it. In one of Keeler's Lake Wobegon monologues, a story called Dale, a young man just like our seniors is going off to college and grappling with all the feelings of leaving home. Keeler ends it this way, And away Dale went. It's a wonderful thing to push on alone toward the horizon and have it be your own horizon and not someone else's. It's a good feeling, lonely and magnificent and frightening and peaceful, especially when you leave someone behind who will miss you and to whom you can write. Our seniors need to know they will be missed, and I hope you'll tell them that next week, and that that and that that won't change. We need to know that someone will miss us when we leave. I could give Charlie Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone to reread, or Looking for Alaska by John Green, or The Little Prince. Literature always helps, and the supply on this particular topic is endless. Or I could open the Bible to one of the great stories of leaving home, the story of the prodigal son. We so often focus on the returning, the the father, the older brother, but the journey of the younger son is full of intrigue and insight. Every story has something to teach. Every person here has something to tell about leaving home, and there is probably someone in all of our lives that we would still find it meaningful to talk with about that. I could tell Charlie about the great Apostle Paul, who also left home on a journey Paul was dutifully doing the Lord's work as a missionary moving throughout Asia when he had a vision. A man from Macedonia pleads with him to come. Leaving the pleasure of the familiarity, they take an extended journey to Europe. The man from the vision is not there, but rather Paul is led by the Spirit to Lydia. An independent woman in a man's world. A a woman of both worship and work. Selling her purple cloth while looking to know God. They meet... And it all begins, her baptism, her home offered as a base in Philippi for them, and the birth of a church community, faith coming into being right before our eyes, remaining open to the work of the Spirit within and through them, they find something unexpected, her hospitality, an act of grace and of faith at the intersection of human faithfulness and obedience, with divine initiative and guidance, longing and grace meet, and the gospel comes alive and grows. Like Lydia, we are astonished at what the Holy Spirit can do when we're present and willing. So I would tell Charlie that when you leave home, you wanna partner with that same spirit but also take with you the ability to be discerning, the courage to be decisive, and eyes always peeled for grace. But of all the stories that teach us about leaving home, none holds a candle to the story of Jesus, who also left home and left us a path for our own departure narrative. Today's passage is a part of what we call Jesus' farewell discourse, and it's From chapters 14 to 17 in John's gospel, words only found in John's gospel. Over the course of this weekend, I encourage you to read these three chapters as a whole and the four distinct movements of Jesus' teaching. The setting is key. At the conclusion of the Last Supper, Judas had left, and Jesus knows that the soldiers will soon arrive with torches and weapons. He has to prepare them for what's going to happen next. True to form, they're clueless. When someone is leaving us, though, we are often unprepared or unwell or undone. Jesus tells them that someone else is coming, the parakletos, the the advocate, the comforter, the, the Holy Spirit, one who will bring to remembrance, he said, all that I've said to you. This Greek word can be translated as the spirit of remembering or the spirit of reminding Jesus says they will not forget, they will not be alone. The Spirit will be there whispering in their ears, reminding. Jesus tells the apostles, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The Holy Spirit will make it plain. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, feeling bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. Not the short-lived kind, not the bartered-for kind, not the shallow kind, but deep and abiding peace. I think he's telling them and us that we may not even recognize it, we may not even believe it, and whether or not we do does not change its presence. It is there the everlasting arms underneath all that is, underneath you, holding you up, holding you close. But he says something more. The author Kat Benakis writes about this in a way that I found so refreshing. Kat describes this lifelong feeling of being an outsider, never at home, anywhere. And so she gravitates to this Jesus found in this story for this reason, the, the Jesus of John's Gospel pointing out that John alone has Jesus change his follower's title from disciples to friends, she suggests that John's is the only version of Jesus' story in which Jesus seems really lonely, even though he's with his friends, and all this loneliness endears John's Jesus to her. But she writes, at that biblical dinner party, this lonely Jesus repeats a line over and over again I came from the Father and have come into this world. Again, I am leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. It's almost like Jesus is reminding himself of who he is. I'm part of something bigger, there's a bigger plan. I'm part of a unity of love. In his leaving, he wants them to understand that there is more going on here than they could possibly know. And he's reminding himself that there is a place he belongs, a place he is going, his real home with his father. I don't claim to know you and all of the leave takings in your life, but I know my own. And my leaving home... My leaving churches, my leaving loves has not always ended as Jesus does. I have not always left peace in my departures, nor have I realized I was a part of something bigger. At times, everything was about me and my need for something different or my sense of God's call for me to change. And at times, I could only see what was right in front of me, no larger perspective. And so these familiar words of Jesus give me pause How do I leave peace when I leave, when I leave this place, when I leave a friendship that has grown toxic and cannot bear fruit? Do I leave peace in my departure? Have I stopped in all of my leave-taking to consider the larger picture of what is going on, to make sure it's not all about me, to look at my family, my friends, and those I have loved and ensured that I have offered what I can that they can make their way without me in peace. We all know stories of people who wreaked havoc in their leaving, leaving a company, leaving a marriage, perhaps even a church. Jesus does not call us to leave people in situations. Sometimes he calls us to leave them, but he does call us to leave behind old ways and seek new life and to follow him to new places. But he calls us to leave as he left. Have I paused to leave peace? to leave holiness so that others can grow. We, not, we, we, we may not remain in, in situations that have once defined us, friends, but we can try where possible to leave in the hands of the Holy Spirit, to leave in a way that Jesus teaches us, Jesus' way. Now, the Holy Spirit has inspired us to this reading as a way to discover what we always hope to find in this sanctuary on a Sunday morning a challenge and a promise. A challenge to live and breathe and return and leave with peace to share with those around us, making hard choices, relying on God's grace and strength and advocacy for us when it is most difficult. A challenge to follow Christ, opening our eyes to the vision being disclosed and trusting that God will reveal what we need to know, and a promise that the God who calls us will lead us to the right place if we're faithful and obedient and discerning. But no matter where we go, we will not ever be outside of the love and care of God's Spirit Jesus knew the home to which he was going. He saw the larger plan. And when all is said and done, he wants us to know that too. That home is ours forever. So Charlie, my dear son, you are soon leaving home. And in some ways, I am as unprepared as the disciples were for that. But together we find the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gives us. We draw from the wisdom of the saints who've gone before us that when we leave home, we find home, and we do eventually return home. Home may change, and so will you, and so will I, and so will we all. But one thing remains. God is with you The Spirit will guide you. Love will find you. Life will batter you. The unknown will scare you. But grace, that sweet, eternal stick to you always. Grace will see you through it all and will grant you a life abundant and full of joy now and through your life eternal. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Let us pray together as God's people. We give you thanks and praise, O God. For you have chosen the poverty of the world to make your people rich in faith. Help us now to put our faith in practice through the gifts of our lives. Food to the hungry, clothes to the naked, shelter to the poor, comfort to the broken. All for the sake of the risen Christ who goes before us, leaving home that we might have a life full of abundance, mercy, and grace. This we pray in his name. Amen and amen. Please be seated. This morning after our prayer, Kristen Clark will sing for us the Lord's Prayer. So I invite you into that moment to carry those words in your heart as she sings that beautiful melody, Once for All and All for Us. Let us pray together where swords are turned to plowshares and spears are beaten into pruning hooks. O God, where the guns fall silent and the rumors of wars shall cease, then we will see the love of God written on the hearts of women and men and children the world over, and we will offer our deepest thanksgivings to you, O God, the one who gave us the Prince of Peace. When one says, I am my brother's, my sister's keeper, The guardian of the days where mother's sons grow old and lands free from strife and terrorism and hatred. Then we can see the love of God written large on the hearts of women and men. We can see the impact of their mercy in the world. And we can give you our gratitude. When enemies destroy the barriers that divide and no man's land becomes a safe haven... It's home to each and every man, woman, and child. Where color and creed and nation unite people the world over and fail to divide us one from the other. Then we will see your welcoming love, your embrace of us evident in the lives and the witness of women and men and children. And we will offer our thanksgiving to you. We're silent and remembering inspire songs of joy and freedom and justice and truth, for the sacrifice of old shapes the future and with a passion, for those who gave their lives and youth in defense of a land and an idea and a freedom. Let us all age and years in wisdom and gratitude for the gifts of life, community, nation, for the life of congregations that dare to witness to the love of God. <clears throat> writ large in Jesus Christ. And then we will see it in the hearts and lives of women and men and students. We will offer our thanksgiving to you. We grieve for those who grieve this day and pray comfort for those who mourn. We ask the wisdom, ask for the wisdom to allow the memory of those who died for a cause greater than themselves to form our words, our opinions and decisions in ways that honor them. And then we can see just a bit of the love of God written on the hearts of women and men and soldiers and officers this world round. Help us to take seriously the cost of war and the preparations for war and enter into battle and combat only when every option has been exhausted. May the sacrifice of those we remember this day not be in vain, but be instead be a, a guide to work tirelessly for peace, justice, and mercy for all people, where courage never fades and the battle for right and power is given to the weak, the least, and the last, the broken, and the heartbroken, where compassion finds a home to root out fear, mistrust, or pride. When we see the love of God written in the hearts of men and women, of children, of students, adults, soldiers, and written on our hearts as well, we can offer you our gratitude, O God. Open to us this day light for our darkness. Open to us courage for our fear. Open to us all hope for our despair. Open to us all peace for our turmoil. Open unto us joy for our sorrows. On this day, open unto us strength for our weakness, open to us wisdom for our confusion, open to us forgiveness for our sins, and open to us love for our hates. But most of all, O oh God, open to us, thyself deep into ourselves. Lord, open unto each and every one of us that we might know your way in the world. We pray this for the love of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, the source of human love, the fire of God within us, shedding light on a path that takes us out into the world with joy, with purpose, and with meaning. This we offer in a prayer, that we offer words sung in respect and holiness this day and every day.
2: Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Thanks be to God. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. But go in the love, grace, and justice of our Lord now and through your life eternal, and let the people say, Amen.
0: Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another Sermon from First Press.